0: Hello everyone, this is Travis J. Vernon, and welcome to today's podcast. This last week has been pretty chaotic at work. Lots of people in town. This year with the pandemic and the COVID, they cancelled the Sundance Film Festival. And then we've gotten a ton of fresh snow, which has brought a lot of tourism. It's interesting what people think is worth traveling the country for fresh powder days, skiing, fishing, pursuing any kind of outdoor activities. And I think that's probably been the best and the worst thing of the pandemic. It has gotten a lot more people outside. Now, there's some people outside right now, though, that shouldn't be outside. There's been a lot of avalanches this year. There's been a lot of triggered avalanches this year. There's been a lot of people who have died. And I think it's important for people to remember that you still have to be safe. There are a lot of people that are in the backcountry right now that really need to take avalanche courses. If you haven't had an avalanche course and you're in avalanche-prone areas, you need to do your research or you need to go with somebody who's experienced in those types of recreational activities. It's just hard to see people lose their lives over pursuits of happiness in the outdoors. So if you're nervous, go with a guide. Learn. There's nothing wrong with furthering your education. It'll make you safer and it'll actually help you to have a better time. There are so many fun activities you can do in the outdoors. It's basically how I've spent my entire life. Pursuing outdoor activities. Looking for that next fun thing to go do. When I was a kid, my grandmother on my mother's side, Betty Vernon, was an avid seeker of Spanish gold mines and it's pretty common knowledge that the Spanish were all over in northern and southern Utah and the Uinta mountain range has quite a few smelters, mines, artifacts that many people have searched for their entire lives. In the early times they would use aspen and pine trees as markers and they would carve symbols on these trees as directional indicators, getting to mines and getting to other places. Kind of like a tree version of GPS. I remember going in the 80s and early 90s and looking for these trees, because a lot of them at this point were now over 100 years old. And I did find some. I did find a few trees that had the different Spanish symbols on them. Some people will say they're fake, but that's okay. Not everybody wants to believe the stories. When it gets right down to it, It's treasure hunting. And it's fun. It's just another reason to be out there. Panning for gold in Utah isn't as fun as in other places, I would say. Because the gold here is more of a flower gold. You usually don't find a lot of big nuggets. And if you do find a lot of big nuggets, you don't tell anybody about it. But these trees with symbols on them, I found two beautiful trees with lots of symbols carved into them by the Spanish And one of the trees had already died and it was laying down across the ground and the bark was just starting to peel off of it. And the other tree was still standing, but it had also died. Because again, these trees were probably carved in the early to mid 1800s when the Spanish were still actively taking golden mule trains down to the Gulf of Mexico. And as I'm standing there looking at these two trees, you can almost see the old trail Where there aren't big trees you can see where they'd be able to take horses through and i decided at that point that this standing dead tree i needed to mark exactly where it was on topographical maps because the information on these trees was going to be lost so i took a rubbing on the one that had fallen and had already started to peel the bark off of made a rubbing of the symbols drew the symbols pictures of the symbols and was able to still see, based off of the break of the base of the tree, how the tree had been oriented when it was upright. And then the other tree that was standing, I decided to take. It took a couple years. The following year, there was a little bit more weather damage, but it was still standing, still seemed okay. The year after that, there were parts of the tree where the bark had started to slough off. And I thought, you know, this is a piece of history. This would be something that I think I would like to keep if for no other reason, just to preserve the symbols. So a good friend of mine and I hiked in there because it wasn't super close to a road. Hiked down in. So I struggled for a long time with the ethics of this. Was it okay to take this tree? It was on private ground and I had permission to, although I didn't tell him what it was. Was it okay to take this tree? Because if I didn't, it would be lost forever. Now, a lot of treasure hunters will tell you It's probably better that it was lost forever. A lot of things anymore are found just by stumbling upon them. These trees are, for the most part, dead and gone. There are some records where people still know where a lot of these were located, the orientation, which direction they were going, and what the tree said. And that's pretty much what I've done in this case. But my friend and I hiked down in, got this tree, and we were able to bring the rest of the tree down and cut out the section of the trunk that had all the Spanish symbols carved in it. And it's really cool knowing that it's something that old, and that nobody else knew where it was. We stumbled upon it when we were grouse hunting. Just one of those right place, right times, looked at the right tree. Cause a lot of places you go, there's all these different carvings in trees anyway. People leave their initials, dates, all sorts of stuff. So a lot of people walk by these trees, even when they were a little bit more abundant, because they just figured it was somebody messing around with a pocket knife. Well, there's a lot of history of those Spanish gold mines in the well, all over in the Americas, really but there was a significant amount in the UNS, including a mine called the Lost Roads Mine. And you can look all this stuff up. It's not something I'm really going to get into other than I just wanted to tell the stories of being in the backcountry with my grandmother, hiking drainages, looking for lost gold, gold panning in streams. And it brought up some memories of learning how to train your eyes to find different things. I talked in one of the podcasts, about the first time I really became a forager for mushrooms. And until you start looking for a specific mushroom, you almost don't realize how many mushrooms there are out there. It's like when you deer hunt and you train your eyes to find the deer, or you train your eyes to find the oak, or you train your eyes to find that perfect spot on the river where the trout are gonna hold. And you learn how to read the wilderness. You learn how to read the water. You learn how to read the geology. And it gives you another depth of wilderness. It gives you another depth when you're outside. But it is something that you lose pretty quick. It's like your short game in golf or your fly cast. If you don't practice, it goes away. It's not something that's just always there. It's always innate. I'm always surprised by the end of the deer hunt, how many more deer I see than at the beginning of the deer hunt. But when I scout prior to season, I've already trained my eyes. On finding specific things before I get out there. And then it makes me focus just a little bit more and helps me to see it a little more quickly. I've spent a lot of time in the backcountry. I found a lot of people's claims. And you hear that stuff in the history books that there's claims and claim jumpers and all this. There's still a lot of claims out there. You can still have a gold claim on public lands, BLM, Forest Service. So it's always good to know the rules and regulations. Knowing the rules and regulations and the laws regarding gold panning is super important. You just don't want to get in trouble. You also don't want to be on somebody's claim. So even though it's national forest or BLM land, somebody may already have a gold mining claim on that piece of property, and in order for you to pan there, you then need to have permission from the claimant. Most national forest and BLM in the state of Utah does allow you to gold pan recreationally. If you want to use a sluice or dredge, and that gets complicated because some sluices are very big, some are very small. You can just take in a backpack. You usually don't need a permit for stuff that you can just carry in and set up and recreationally pan for a day. But there are permits for dredging if you wanted to do that. If you want to really look into it, there's lots of information online. Gold panning is a fun hobby. It's not something that you're going to get rich. You probably won't even pay for your own equipment or your gas. But sometimes, you never know. Things happen. You stumble upon something big. There are stories of people finding Spanish cannons, Spanish armor, Spanish swords. I mean, the Holy Grail would be finding Spanish coins. Small gold bars that have been smelted up in the high mountains. A lot of times when they were taking the mule trains out, they'd have them loaded to the hilt. And if one of the mules died, there weren't enough mules to spread the rest of the gold out. So a lot of times they'd have to bury that gold. They'd usually mark trees in a specific way where the gold was buried, and then they'd pick it up on their next trip. But if there wasn't a next trip, there's gold buried in mountains. It's just kind of fun. It's the excitement of the unknowing. It's the excitement of what's just over that next ridge. And it's a fun thing to do when the weather's a little bit warmer. Camping in the backcountry is always fun, but that just gives you one more thing to do when you're out there. A lot of people are shocked when I talk about lost Spanish gold mines. And a lot of people just think that it's BS and that the stories aren't true. And that's fine too. But if you think you want to give it a go, send me an email. I'll give you some information. Or you can just direct message me. There were some books in publication for a long time that would talk about different things you could do and almost an encyclopedia of Spanish symbols. But it's still kind of complicated to figure some of those out. There's a book called Faded Footprints. It's a fun one. There's a lot of history around Caleb Rhodes. There's just a lot of history that has been lost some of it physically lost that you can still find it's still fun for me to go back to where i found those trees or places that i'd been with my grandmother panning for gold and looking for anything about the lost gold mines i spent some time working for an outfitter on the eastern side of the Uinta mountain range it was a gentleman that worked for the forest service named bill Sims. And he happened to be one of the wranglers on a guide trip I was doing with a couple of sports up in the High U.N.S. And we were up near the Chain Lakes. He and I were sitting around the campfire one night talking. And we started talking about Spanish gold mines. And the clients started asking lots of questions about them. And he could tell that I was being reserved with my answers. And I could tell that he was being reserved. And after everybody went to bed, he got a weird smile on his face. And he said, so how many have you found? And I said, I found a couple. He said, the one thing I've always been trying to find are the old smelters, and I've never found a smelter location. And he smiled and said he's found plenty of those, but he said that he spent a lot more time at the UNAs on horses than I had. I asked him if he'd ever tell me where any of them were. He said, nah, that'd take the fun out of it. He said, but they're out there, and you can find them. Mr. Sims has passed away now, and all the knowledge of where those smelters and mines and all the things that he had found over her career of being in those mountains left with him. And the same will probably happen to me. But who knows? Maybe I'll tell some more people about them. Maybe as I get older and I can't do it anymore, I'll even be more specific. But there's still treasure out there to be found. Whether that treasure is just a new spot to chase grouse, a little bottle with some flower gold from panning, or just a pretty rock that you picked up along the side of the stream. There's still treasure. Some of the best treasures are just the memories you have of spending time with your grandmother walking around in the mountains. So go make those kind of memories, make those kind of personal treasures that you need to keep you going all the time and get out there and live your stories.